0614-104-702. Food feature. In our food feature for today, we're talking Shez Alina restaurant. And if you have ever dined by Shez Alina restaurant, gotten an opportunity to enjoy the food i hope you come through and also share some of your experiences get in touch with us oh double one double eight three oh seven oh two in the whatsapp line oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two me alina mlodra welcome to the show thank you so much for joining us good afternoon thank you to and thank you to the listeners me it takes a lot to decide to create a business and have a restaurant but before we get to that part of the story, I want to hear about what the relationship of food was with you since the time of Uh Well, when I grew up, yeah, we didn't have so much variety of food. And it was the basic stash, papa, stampa. And the best food will be during festive season and where we'll have seven colors. So I realized that how about uh, introducing these seven colors for people to enjoy throughout the year, not only once a year, because the past, that's how it used to be. So starting a restaurant, I was not too much into cooking, but traveling, being a tourist guide, a national tour guide, uh, started. Uh, oh, please tell us about that. Uh, okay. You know, because I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking about the beginning part of the journey that there wasn't that much. Uh, variety in, ter- in terms of the food that you were exposed to. But even long before getting to the part of having a restaurant, because that was a long period, I-, I want to get an understanding of what your journey with food has been. All right. Um, my background, I've been a tourist guide, so traveling all over the country and seeing different variety of foods from different uh, restaurants, how they prepare the food, the taste and everything that actually inspired me to say look you see one day i want to do something and take a little bit of this and this and put together Mm. and see how it will give an impact on locals and internationals so being a, a national guide traveling extensively also going overseas to train as a tour manager and i was doing that until 2014 so i realized that i have to slow down a bit to be away from home sometimes is very exhausting. So mm. I decided that, look, we take people around and sometimes they say, why don't we go to an ordinary home in Soweto and have mm. ordinary food where it's prepared by the locals? Then I said, wow, there's a loophole. Why don't I concentrate on this? Mm. We go to an ordinary home in Soweto and have mm. ordinary food where it's prepared by the locals. Then I said, wow, there's a loophole. Why don't I concentrate on this? Mm. Cape Town said, look, my people have been to best restaurant everywhere in the world, but now they want something which belongs to the people. So do that. I said, no, I'm not a cooker, but I'm a guide. But I realized that this is a loophole. This is an opportunity. Start doing it now. Otherwise, mm. it will be gone. So, so, so with, your, with your tour, national guide tour work, I had no idea that you actually would work outside of the country. Maybe can you share with us what that entails so it can just give us a little bit of context? Uh, Okay. Um, You know, when they employ you to become a tour manager, the tour operators, which are based overseas, they say, we want you to understand our people and what they are expecting in your country. So that's why I was trained there. 
So after they, I was trained, unfortunately, I was the only brown skin, which they call it black person, black person by then. So I trained and then further, they started giving us tours for 24 days, mm. doing even Zimbabwe, Zambia, everywhere, mm. even neighboring countries. So when we started doing these tours, uh, international people will be giving a, a questionnaire to say the restaurant and all that. So I studied that. Then I realized this is what they are expecting. Mm. And so let, let's do this, one. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into the story and take all of your calls, your messages and your WhatsApp. Please apply. 702. Food feature. 15 minutes after 1 o'clock in our food feature today, we're talking Shez Alina restaurant and we're joined by the founder, Alina Mlodra, who has been telling us a little bit about her earlier journey. And we take your calls on 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. So, Mayor Alina, I think help us understand, just to give us a bit of context, your 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 role as a national tour guide because that journey is what gave birth to this particular part of your life. Were you helping people get to tour only South Africa or other other places that you had to learn and be familiar with? And how did that influence your relationship with food? Right. Um, being a tour guide, it means you teach locals and international people about your country. Mm. And you have to understand everything from the culture, from the current events, from places of interest, and how do you see the past, the present, and how do you feel about the future? Mm. So you use mostly uh, your own discretion, mm. and also it depends on their questions and on their interest. Mm. Because some people, they travel here to know more about the diversity culture of South Africa. Some, they travel here because they want to taste the food of South Africa and how it is prepared. Mm. So if you become a tourist guide, it actually opens more ventures for you because it's, you can't only take people around to travel. You focus on their personal interest. Mm. You might say they might be interested in history only to find that they want to go to places where they will taste different kinds of food mm. so that's what actually transpired me to open the restaurant mm. so you reach a point where you're seeing there's a gap of people wanting to eat truly authentic south african food without it being housed in what might feel like a cold restaurant they want that feeling who was there behind the pots pouring love so when that seed is planted in your mind and you thought to yourself this is a nice little gap what was that journey from deciding okay i need to be the person who starts this you've already mentioned that you knew you're not the one who's the cook but you see an opportunity yes i saw the opportunity because um you know in the township when you leave in the morning going to work people who are unemployed they will say please Find me a job. Mm. And then this was a really homework and it was really bothering me to say, how can I help my neighbor to get a job? Because mm. going to school to train as a tour guide, it, it needs some, a lot of passion. It needs a lot of understanding, outgoing. And this person is not a social person, but she wants a job. Mm. 
Then mm-hmm. I said, I think I should start uh, employing local people. But how do I do it? Mm-hmm. So that's when this restaurant idea triggered in. Because some people say, look, we, as you have explained that, they want that warmthness at a home. Mm. So that's why I decided that, you know, etiquette and food preparation at a home, I think it will be a good idea. But there were a lot of challenges mm. because it is a roller coaster starting mm. a, a restaurant. You work with food, you work with people, you work with uh, different dietitian requirements, and you work with people who are fussy and who don't eat this and this. And at the end I'm of the those day, people, the problem people. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it makes the two of us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat anything and too much spices. It pushes people away because mm. those who like spices, they'll go to a places where they specialize in spices. Mm. You find your vegans, you find the kosher people, which we have catered for. You find the vegetarian, you mm. find the halal. And they say, we also want to taste this food, mm. but make sure you prepare what we eat at home as well. So before you even get to the special specialities of accommodating different people's cuisines, what, did you, what was on your first menu? And how did you even decide <laughs> what to charge? Because I always think to myself, you know, when you sit in a restaurant and a plate... At, at a fine dining restaurant is 275 rands. I'm like, hey, rent, yeah, boy. You know, I think about overheads. But you'll also get the school of thought that's like, yeah, I could have had this meat at my house for this, this, this. Uh, how do you sit in and, and decide being a newbie in the business? Or did you have somebody who's, who's had a restaurant before come and sit with you to say, okay, this is how the process works from buying the groceries, this is how we manage the costs and food wastage to putting what the, the, the food must cost? Well, it was a big challenge. Well, no one came to me and said, look, I can help you through. And neither did I went to anybody and said, please help. I said, look, I've been to many restaurants. I've been to many places. So I can take a little bit of this and that mm-hmm. and then, but not forgetting what we normally eat at home. Well, the first menu, as you mentioned, we were very nervous and I was not too sure if the people will eat because I didn't have an appetite that day. <laughs> so you're like, if I don't want to eat, why would anybody else want to eat? Yes, we mm. prepared pap. Mm. And we may, I make sure I tasted it enough to make sure it doesn't have too much salt. Mm. And we make dumpling homemade steamed bread. And we make uh, cabbage, coleslaw. Mm. Those were our salad. Chakalaka, which is the favorite of most of the people. And I said, don't forget beetroot. And we made mashed potatoes. That's what we normally eat. And boiled carrots. And then we said, you know, with salads, we are very limited. Mm. And we decided to add, uh, we call it mata, where we chop onion, chakalaka, uh, green chilies, mm. and then put a little bit of olive oil. And then people who like something spicy, not too much spice, but it must be natural, they enjoy that. So that was our first, first menu. But people were eating everything and said, can I please come for seconds? And I was really shaking like a leaf. But they came for seconds. And then you'll sometimes get people who say, you know, next time, like, we do have lots of international French people mm. who are come to our restaurant. They'll say, before we eat, we start with bread. And in our culture, oh. bread, you eat it 
only in the morning with your tea. Yes. And I said, no, I'm not going to give them bread. I'm going to give them homemade steamed bread. It don't bowl, dumpling. Mm. And then from there, they eat it with their starters mm. and then have the main meal, then desserts. With dessert, believe it or not, I made custard and jelly. Wow, not everybody enjoy the jelly, but they enjoy the custard. Yes. Then they will say, next time, add fruits. Mm. So from people who will come, they will always advise you that it will be nice that after eating the salty food, mm. let's have something sweet. Mm. Yes. So in that, how do you navigate the part of um, wanting to please your own people who know what local food can taste like and wanting to also satisfy your international clientele because it's a tricky balance you know we in in our upbringing as black south africans we didn't have starters in the way that people sit at restaurants and have a starter then order a main meal for us or jubbly and you know if we were being expensive that day there would be some dessert true uh, with the local people, uh, firstly, it must start with your personality, your attitude can draw people or can chase people away. Treat everybody as if it's their only customer. As soon as they walk in, give them that smile, even if you don't know them and ask them, what would you like to have? We do have walk-ins locals. Mm. Sometimes when they've got a break, they want to grab something. We also for locals, we've got uh, up and stew, rice and stew chips and uh, steak. So steak is our number one fast selling food to local people. But make sure that the taste stays the same throughout. If a person comes at 10 o'clock and asks for your meal, it must taste the same. If somebody comes tomorrow morning or maybe in the afternoon, midday, it must taste the same. And you have to make sure that you are hands on, you are always there. Because if you are not there, really, you have to you will regret. You have also to fold up your sleeves and sometimes be in the kitchen and be everywhere. If you are a business person or a small business mm. and you are not hands-on, unfortunately, things fall apart. In terms of, you know, balancing the food part of it and wanting to give people an, experiencing, an experience, how do you balance that with the, the straight business part, which is admin, logistics, and checking bottom line and profits and things like that. Yeah, this is really a challenge because when I started um, having local businesses asking for my menu and so on, first thing they will ask me, do you have a business plan? To start with, I didn't even know what that was. I said, no, a business plan can't do anything. I'm doing the cooking and people are eating. But when they sat down with me and said, look, you have to be registered and have a business plan. We don't work with people who don't have a business plan. So I was running up and down trying to get the business plan to have things in order. Coming to admin, I was doing everything manually. So at a later stage, uh, South African breweries, women in business, so we were chosen few of us to be trained by University of Johannesburg in hospitality and how to take care of locals and international. So there was also a competition. I got the second prize where they don't give you money. They say, here's a check, go to any shop and get all the equipment. Well, I was also asked by Rodeport Chamber of Business to come and present uh, the business 
And by then I was a BBC, which means born before computers. <laughs> My daughter, Ayanda, I said, when I go for this interview, you have to help me through because that time they were still using the disc. They say put 10 different articles about your restaurant and then talk about it. Mm. There were six panelists and when I started talking, she used to press all the buttons yes. and then I would look at the picture and she would press the button. Sometimes I forget to look at the picture <laughs> and she would say, mom, look at the picture. I said, okay. So I've gone through that whereby sometimes I have people when we have heavy rains, the water will go under their knees whilst they are eating. But that didn't demotivate me. Mm. I said, one day I'll make it. So through thick and thin, and all those problems and challenges, I managed to say when she finished her university degree, she came and helped me in admin mm. because we still have got a um, problem with uh, job seekers and all that. Yeah, so she's doing my admin because as I've explained that, you know, if our children, we educate them mm. and roll them into our business, they can help to grow the business and help you through all those logistics. So you brought us some delicious food today. Can you talk to us about the beef stew and the grilled chicken, the retombolo stampa, all the yummy things that people can come through and enjoy? Oh, yes, please. Uh, if you want to enjoy our meals, I've realized that it will be best to people to come pay booking because I don't want food staying over and over again and then it lose the texture mm. and the taste and so on. So today we have our best delicious meal. We have our lamb stew mm. with vegetables because we want our meal to be balanced. We have our grilled chicken and we have our steak. Of course, it's our po popular steak. Then with starches, we have, we do have rice, but today we didn't bring rice. Lots of people, they don't enjoy rice anymore. Mm. We have stampa, semp. We have dumpling and we have our spap. Mm. Then come to veggies. We have our cream spinach mm. and we have our butternut squash. And we do have potatoes as well to have a balanced meal. And at the end, we have salads. We have chakalaka. We have coleslaw. Mm. We've got green salad. Where, where can people find your business called Dobsonville? Uh, we are quite very close to Dobsonville Police Station. If you are walking, it's a five minutes walk. If you are driving, it's less than, it's about two minutes to get to our place. Sometimes when people want to come, they phone through. Even for takeaways, you can phone through and then we can... Make sure that when you arrive, your food is ready. If you want to head over to the website, shezalina.co.za, that's C-H-E-Z-A-L-I-N-A.co.za, or send an email, shezalinasoweto at gmail.com, and you can head over there on 3373 Masemola Street. Go Dobsonville if you want to go and enjoy some of our delicious local cuisines. And of course, they're always international friendly, but also local friendly. Madlina, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I hope more people will come. Thank you, Kile